My dear respected brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. I want to thank Sheikh Suleiman, mashallah. I, I'm always amazed uh, as to how beautiful our du'as are becoming in America. So the last du'a was for what? Mashallah. Where? Where? Not at Cheesecake Factory. Where? In Jannah. Allahu Akbar. Mine will be chocolate. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Because they call me Sheikh. I say I'm not a Sheikh. I'm a milkshake. Chocolate. I'm good. I'm good. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathers us again, alhamdulillah, by His will uh, on this uh, blessed morning of Friday when we gather together and inshallah we will uh, go together for Jummah Khutbah and we have this you know, beautiful environment that we try to create and in some cases recreate over the next few days. So you always begin by thanking the people who have been spending months so that basically three to four days would unfold without inshallah any hiccups, any major issues. So we begin by thanking the organizers, in this case the Muslim American society, all of their board members, their staff, their volunteers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them, indeed bless their families and reward them for their sacrifices. Say Ameen. Oh come on, your Ameen was louder for the cheesecake. God help us. Um, so in all of the things they list, you know, it almost sounds like an obituary when you pass away, he did this and she did that. Uh, a moment unfolded this morning uh, as I was coming, you know, uh, out of our room and, and getting ready um, that uh, my, my shirt says no iron, but because of travel and stuff, it looked like it needed just a little touch up. So I said to my son, who is 13, um, so I do all the ironing at home. Uh, so the brothers are like, oh my God, would you stop and keep moving, focus on the topic? Yeah, so I do the laundry, the ironing, and the bathrooms, because that's stuff that the family doesn't immediately need. So whenever I'm awake at home and uh, able to manage those things, I can do that. So I've also trained my son. So this morning, because I was running a little short of time, I said to my 13-year-old, manage this, just you know, do that. And subhanAllah, interesting enough, not only did he do well, then he thought it was a trick because it said no iron. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? I said, iron it. His reaction was precious. His reaction was, I am so honored that dad let me iron his shirt before a lecture. Because <laughs> if, if he failed, <laughs> I may not have a shirt. <laughs> because ironing requires different settings, right? So as I'm walking, I'm reminded of my failure. My dear beloved um, friend and mentor, Brother Samir Abu Isa, heads up the Darul Hijra Islamic Center. I see him and his wife. And may Allah give her recovery. She had a very difficult car accident. And uh, alhamdulillah, she's recovering. I'm so glad to see her here. He reminds me of my failure. So success with children, leave the room, come to the, you know, try to get to the lecture. And I'm reminded of my failure. He says, I told my daughter to go to your lecture and to tell you that I don't like you anymore. I go, Jazakallah khair. <laughs> but we know each other for a long time. He said, because the failure is what? You have not responded to my text about the khutbah that you're going to do and what date you can do it. Failure, didn't do it. As I'm walking, Allah sends me a success story, alhamdulillah. Two young men walking with me, one of them on his own voluntarily shares that he is now, subhanAllah, has overcome stuttering. The ability to speak clearly so that, inshallah, and without nervousness, and he himself volunteers that he went through a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, if you will, uh, treatment and exercises and was able to overcome it, right? 
All of us think of these things in different ways. All of us manage failure in different ways. There's even a word for the fear of failure. Anybody know it? It's like an SAT question. People are like, I'm on break. Give me a break, professor. Right? Do you know what it is? It's atikophobia. A-T-I-C-H-I-P-H-O-B-I-A. It's the fear of failure. So some people actually go through life. They actually have a hard time from the point of getting out of bed to then going on with the rest of the day because everything is just about a huge fear that I will fail. I will not make it. I will not be able to go about. And it's just what we consider as basic. So that's why I always say, make dua that you woke up, inshallah, prayed fajr on time, you were alive, breathing, healthy, able to move about. These convention centers are huge. You're walking even as people next to you are walking slower or on a wheelchair or on a whatever. These are all parts of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is constantly giving us those reminders that He is in charge. He has a plan for us. What appears as a failure may not actually be. So Sheikh Suleiman made uh, five points, right, with an introduction, so that made it six. So I'll make it four points so you have ten and you can feel like you paid good registration fee. Got it? All right? Alhamdulillah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in a way, and we're reminded, as the completion of all of guidance and revelation. All of the prophets who came before, and he himself said about that as an analogy, if you will, that my similitude to the prophets who came before me is of the building, is of the building, a beautiful uh, uh, edifice that had been created, struck, uh, uh, built, if you will, and people would walk around it saying, how beautiful, but the failure was what? except that it was missing one brick, one brick. And they would say, what a beautiful structure, except that it is missing this one brick. And he said about himself, I am that brick. I am that brick. And yet in his life, in his life we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us a very human, because it's the most detailed life of all of the prophets May Allah be pleased with all of them. May Allah's peace be upon all of them. Say, I mean, of all of the prophets, the most detailed life uh, 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 story, seerah, that we have is of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Revelation begins. Revelation begins, and then it comes to a pause. It comes to a pause for a few days. He's, he was already troubled in the cave of Hira, getting the revelation, and then now, and then now, it has paused. It has paused. He is thinking of this as a failure, if you will. The Mufassirin tell us, uh, 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 Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, says that among some of the interpretations was that as Revelation paused for a, just a little while, uh, Abu Lahab's wife and others begin to sarcastically ridicule him to say, look, like what you thought was something big is actually nothing, nothing else is coming to you. No new Revelation is coming. Who is he? He is a human being. How does he receive this? As all human beings do. The news that it's not going to work out. That maybe it, the signs that it isn't going to work out. Who is he? He is a, a young boy, uh, infant who never saw his father. He is an infant whose mother was only six years old by the time she, when she passed away. He was only six years old when she passed away. He goes through life, a very difficult life if you will without any of the parents, 
And yet, here he comes. He's being told he's been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then revelation stops. And here is the Quran for you and I, for all of time to come, being that source of reassurance for every single moment of our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals, وَالدُّحَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَى مَا وَدَّاكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى وَلَا الْآخِرَةُ خَيْرُ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى وَلَا سَوْفَ يَعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْدَى And then what? Here are the reminders of all of the blessings. أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا Allah SWT is saying, your Lord has neither forsaken you or abandoned you. Your akhirah, your afterlife is much better for you. Keep focused. These are challenges on the way to the end goal, the end goal. And then he reminds them that your Lord will be pleased with you soon. Didn't we find you as an orphan, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and we took care of you. He has an infant child, a son among all of the children. All of the sons passed away at the time that Ibrahim, his son, passed away. Again, the people around him mocked him, ridiculed him. In those days, in those days, every king wanted to make sure that he married over and over again until he had a succession of sons who would carry on his name, his lineage, and therefore the power or the continuation of the kingdom. That was the goal. And so they used that against him. They said, you think you have this message? You think you're going to succeed? Look what Allah did to you. He cut you off. You are abtar. You are cut off. You have no sons. This was it. And what does he in a human moment do? The companions actually were surprised and that's how we know exactly what, exactly what happened. Because some of you do that. You remember back at funerals, so-and-so was so overcome with grief, but they stood there. They barely, barely cried. In fact, they never even shed a tear. You remember those moments of grief, of happiness. The companions remembered, and that's why we know what happened. They said to him, this is ajib, this is strange. We see you crying. He said what we always remember. The heart does grieve. The eyes shed tears. But the tongue, because Sheikh Suleiman talked about how you deal with success, how with failure, how you respond to failure. The eyes shed tears, the heart grieves. He is opening up an entire range of emotions for every single person to say, as a human being, Allah will test you. The heart will grieve, the eyes will shed tears, but what? The tongue will never say anything displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in that moment, Again the Qur'an comes. Again the Qur'an comes and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals Surah Kawthar. إِنَّا أَتَيْنَكَ الْكَوْثَرِ فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَنْهَرْ إِنَّا شَانِيَكَ هُوَ الْأَبْتَرِ Don't worry Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They're making fun of you. They say your message will be cut off. You'll be left with nothing. I am telling you. Think again of the, of the Akhirah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all worthy after after having eaten the cheesecake to quench our thirst and to, to wash down the cheesecake with the fountain of Al-Kawthar, with the drink from the hands of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Say Ameen. And so here we are, here we are. All of that that they stacked up against him, the Quran came, kept coming again and again and again. Here's reassurance for you. Your Lord is merciful. 
Your Lord is there. He is your mawla. He is your protector. He takes care of you. But you got to keep coming back. You have to keep coming back. You have to keep trying. 721 times? What insanity would someone say? But the other person says, I firmly believe that Allah has a plan. I'm going to keep trying in my human capacity to do the best I can to get through this as much as possible because Allah has a plan. I'm going to try my best to get through it. So between those two surah and those examples, surahs and the examples, I'm showing you that don't feel that something that happens to you is in fact failure. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because society has set it up so that we think that that is failure. We think, and in fact, Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, has said this. As I look back on my life, I realize that every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. Every time I thought, I realized that I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. You must convince your heart that whatever Allah has decreed is most appropriate and most beneficial for you. Some of you may be in high school, took the SAT exam, studied so hard, waiting for that one college, for that one university to send you those few words that say, that begin with congratulations, the admissions committee, has reviewed your actual application and has accepted you. But remember, who created you? Who already wrote the plan for your risk, your sustenance? Who has decided where you will be at exactly the moment? And you remember, many of you remember exactly where you were when you nowadays, mostly it's email. When I was in undergrad, it was a letter and you actually had to wait for the letter to come. Right? And then you open the letter and you, or you had your parents open it because you were too freaked out. Right? You're going to remember exactly where you were. But remember, it's more important how you act upon the news. How do you deal with the news? And subhanAllah, that reminder from Imam al-Ghazali is something very, very important. And to close out, this side of the room, because I need class participation... Whenever I look, when I go like this, you're going to say quite loudly and with all your emotions with the other lectures, like what is going on in 104, right? I want to have what they're having, right? References, yeah, all right? So when I go like this, right, all of you are going to say, shake it off. Let's practice that. And you're going to say, step up, okay? Ready? There was a horse that had become quite old in a village. And as this horse was walking one night, it tripped. It tripped. And regrettably, it had tripped over the wall of a deep well that was the source of water for the villagers. As it fell into the well, it thought, I am done. I was already getting old. They're not going to actually ever take me out. It's so deep. How could they? As the horse lay there and morning came, the people came for Fajr prayer to get water from the well and found the horse in the well. Some of them said, it's, it, the horse was already old. Let's just dig a new well. Just cover up the well, bury the horse, and that will be the end of it. The horse is hearing that. So some said, well, if we go with your plan, we will have no well, and we don't know what the future will hold. And others said, well, we'll dig. And we keep digging. Some of you keep digging for a new water source. 
and we will keep trying to bury this horse. So they brought the shovels and the people who were going to bury the horse won out. And so the horse was standing there on its four feet, listening to the ground being dug around it, around the well. And as with each shovel, all of them got really, really excited because they said, this is it. We can just bury the horse, done, and we can move on. And with every dirt, that, every shovel of dirt that was being picked up, the horse heard it grating against, grating against the floor. And as they took the shovel, the first shovel fell onto the horse and it said, I'm done. I'm done. They're going to bury me. The first shovel fell onto the back on the mane of the, heart, the horse. And subhanAllah, Allah inspired the horse to... Oh my God, seriously? He's like, uh, shake something. So let's try that again. It was really anticlimactic, yeah. That's why we don't do theater in the Muslim community because we have enough, we have enough drama at home and at the, in the masjids, right? We're like, we don't need drama, really. We have Bollywood and my wife is Egyptian, so we have Cairo wood, so we're done. We don't need any drama of any kind. So the first shovel, as the dirt fell onto the back of the horse, the horse realized that the, the dirt was actually going to bury it. When it got near its ankles of the horse, it said, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to die. So the next shovel that fell on the back of the horse, they kept shoveling. The, the dirt kept rising. And before you know it, the horse was literally able to walk out of the well and they had provided the way for it to be saved because every dirt that fell on the back, they, the horse shook it off and was able to step up. Brothers and sisters, these conferences and conventions, I just have a few more minutes, are just another opportunity, first and foremost, to gather, to mention, and to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Success for you today, make it so that you say, I'm going to complete the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu to recite. You had, you had technically from last night at Maghrib, but you lost that if you haven't done it until tonight at Maghrib to recite Surah Al-Kahf, to recite that. Not to have a recording recited for you, because I'm getting tired of that. I'm like in Ramadan and Tarawiyah, we have brothers doing the, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna follow along right here, I got it right here. So they're standing next to you, the Imam is reciting beautifully, they're like, and they start swiping because the wife is like, don't forget to bring milk for the suhoor. Like, okay, right? Right in the middle of Surah Anbiya. Mm, mm, okay, got to get milk. Oh my God, right? Your car is about to be towed. Oh Lordy, right? Go on to Surah Yasin. <laughs> yeah, that's death, right? So I'm saying, recite Surah Al-Kahf. Make it a day of success. Say that I revived the Sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon Rush to Juma prayer. Wait, don't wait for the Adhan. Get there and sit down before the Adhan. So that when the adhan goes off and the angels close their books, our recording is already done. Our names are already recorded. As you receive failure, and Sheikh Suleiman gave you, mashallah, five different strategies. As you receive the news of failure, remember that your brain is actually programmed to anticipate failure. So think of that contingency plan. Think of what will you do if this happens or that happens. What is your next step? What is your backup plan? Who will you contact? What will you say? He mentioned, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. When I was, you know, in my early 20s and I, had, I was in Malaysia for two years at the Islamic University teaching there, 
And subhanAllah, I met international students from everywhere. And I was an American raised child. So I was standing there with them. They were in their little co-op and they were cooking. And one of, their, one of the guys was trying to cut a tomato. And the knife like barely nicked him. Like, you know, if you know Monty Python, like it's literally it was a nick. Like literally barely a nick. And as I watched it, he goes, oh, inna lillahi wa... I go, oh my God, seriously, guy. Like you're not going to die from that, right? But subhanAllah, it's the mind that is directed towards Allah and the heart. You immediately know that that little cut, and the doctors are in the audience. We're not fundraising, so relax, doctors, right? They're like, oh my God, they found us out again, right? <laughs> no, we love you. We love you for who you are and your money, right? So the, the idea was that they were saying that the little cut can become an infection, and the infection could actually be deadly, deathly, if the, there was rust on the knife. Anything could happen. So we always remember that we belong to Allah and to Allah is a return. And inshallah, remember that you are, you are the best, the best coach that you will have because you're the only one experiencing it. So make the adhkar, make the du'as, seek forgiveness from Allah and keep struggling. And remember, if it gets really bad, Oh, yeah, Allah. This is why education in America is struggling. <laughs> People are like, why is our country becoming like that? It's this right here. Right, mashallah. Jazakum Allah khair.